Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Joni Mitchell Podcast. I'm your host, Zachary Scott Johnson. Today is the episode that Joni fans have been waiting for. We're going to finally talk about Joni's classic 1971 record, Blue. Um, We're back to Joni at all, which is a good thing after a couple of weeks of talking about other artists. My guest this week is a wonderful singer-songwriter named Ellis. She's a Minneapolis-based artist. Her website is www.ellis-music.com. She's been on a Prairie Home Companion a couple of times, uh, tours all over the country, has nine wonderful CDs, and she's just a wonderful artist, good friend. Please check out her music and her website. As always, I invite you and encourage you to uh, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or whatever platform you use to download it. That really does help. You can find me on most social media websites. My name is Zachary Scott Johnson. Scott only has one T, so it's Z-A-C-H-A-R-Y. Scott is S-C-O-T, and Johnson is J-O-H-N-S-O-N. I also have a YouTube channel called The Song A Day Project, where I record a song a day every day. It's run for over 1,500 consecutive days, and I've done many of Joni's albums in their entirety. I think we're ready to start the show. Back for another episode of the Joni Mitchell Podcast. I'm thrilled and delighted to be sitting here with my friend Ellis. How are you? Oh, I'm so good. I'm very excited to be here with you. Thank you for doing this. I'm glad we got it scheduled. (laughs) We've been talking about it for a while. I've been saving blue for you. Ah, yes. <laughs> uh, thank you. I've disappointed a few people. Ah. I had this thing. I, I don't know if I've even told you this, actually. But so when I initially sent out that first batch of, I think I'm going to try this podcast. Will you be part of it? You were in that first batch. And um, I said, you know, we're going to do a different record for each episode. If possible, stay away from blue. And my thought was... It'll help the longevity of the podcast. It had nothing to do with not wanting to talk about Blue. It was more like everybody's going to want to talk about Blue. So if I can get enough people to talk about other things, Blue can like wait until, you know, somebody's just dying for Blue. And you were that person. (laughs) You're like, no, we're talking about Blue. That's my favorite record of all time. We have to talk about this one. It's a most perfect record. So will you tell us a little bit about your music? I've been a fan of yours. You played my college back in the day, like 15 years ago in Appleton. And I've been a fan of yours since we've played together. But tell me about your music. Tell us about your music. Gosh, you know, my music is... um writing about life, trying to figure out figure out life as a songwriter. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really, um, I write music because I need to and because um, as, a, as a job, people have been able to feel it's relevant to them, mm-hmm. you know, and, and touches them. And so I've, I've been able to make a job out of it. You mm-hmm. know, it's, it's something that I would do regardless of whether or not I got to get paid for it, <laughs> which is being tested in the yeah. marketplace. <laughs> All of us. <laughs> you know, but, uh, but I really, um, you know, the love of, of music, you know, combined with um, just the need for some sort of connection that's greater, you know, to something greater than myself. I think, you know, mm-hmm. music really lifts and, 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 you know, is spirit-based. And so... So that's really where it comes from, you know, in terms of, you know, what it is. I've been told contemporary folk Mm -hmm. is a good way to describe the category. And uh, I grew up on country music, so I've got a little flavor in there sometimes. Um, Really, uh, one of the things I love about Joni and have been influenced about her is is really, you know, this, this, you know, interpersonal kind of dialogue with 
with the tune itself, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, um, yeah, I've, I feel like songs are, are my friends. Yeah. Well, one of the things I get from your music that is very much Joni too is honesty. I don't mm-hmm. think you ever are, I, you seem, you strike me as a kind of person who, if a song is not honest to you, you don't bother with it. Like you're just throwing it out. Yep. And that I think is true of Joni too. Do you ever get the Joni comparison? Uh, not too often. Um, you know, I get lots of strange comparisons that don't, yeah. you know, w- w- so yeah, I mean, it's, it's, um, you know, sometimes people, yeah, I won't go into the different no, it's, comparisons. It's but, actually been an interesting thing. Yeah. I've talked to a lot of guests about this, you know, for other artists. I do too. I mean, mm-hmm. I get the strangest, I get John Denver more than anything else. And that one mm-hmm. makes sense to me. The James Taylor thing, of course, but I get, I've gotten everything from like Frank Sinatra to Sheryl Crow. You know, we all get bizarre ones so who knows mm-hmm. you know people just see somebody with the guitar and think of their favorite person with the guitar and make that leap right yeah I, I kind of think that whoever when someone says that I sound like somebody it's more interesting to me because of who they're like I think oh this is who this person is right or this is this person's reference you know and yeah. so I just see it as a as a you know I I like to think of myself as a as a meeting of Cheryl Crow meets uh, Willie Nelson mm. meets Joni Mitchell yeah. you know meets uh, Paul Simon you know right. <laughs> somewhere in there I want to live somewhere in there you know that's interesting too because when you're coming from a place of more than one influence too that's always interesting and that's something that again I relate to too it's, it's the people who have like, oh, I, I'm trying to sound like this specific person. That's always, you know, you can kind of tell sometimes. But when you're coming mm-hmm. from a place of a lot of influences, it's, I think, good. It opens your music up. But so your music, your website is, if I remember correctly, this is off the top of my head. Let's see if I'm right. Is it ellis-music.com? You got it. Wow. Yeah. I'm good at that kind of thing. I have a weird memory for things like that. I can't remember <laughs> anything. But stuff like that. It's the dash. Yes, it is. Because, well, Ellis Paul is, uh, of course, another folk singer-songwriter who shares your name. I'm trying to think. Yeah. Ellis, if you go, what is Ellis.com? It's a language site. Oh, okay. Yeah. I figured there must be Ellis.com. Did you try to get that Oh, yes. Yeah. I, I, still, I still am on the, you know, just waiting patiently in the wings <laughs> in case that language site ever every, shifts. Every once in a while, things open up. You never you know. You never know. Yeah. yeah. So um, you mentioned already, this is your favorite record. Blue yes. is your favorite record. Yeah. I think it's the most perfect record ever made. I, I would classify it as my favorite record, too. Um, mm. <clears throat> what do you like about this record? Oh, I love the intimacy of it. Mm-hmm. I, I love the realness. I mean, I, I, I love Joni um, because of her her humility and her honesty yeah. and the way it's portrayed in this record. I mean, I know, I don't know her personally, but I, I through her art, through it, it, it just to me um, really felt like um, a kinship, you know, to my own heart, to mm-hmm. my own story. You know, listening to these songs, I saw my myself as an artist too, and I think so many people do see yeah. themselves. And I think art at its best if you can if you can really speak to a personal experience so authentically and so um, personally in a way that 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 other people can connect to it, it becomes universal, right? You right. know, it becomes something lots of people can connect to. Yeah. Um, and that's it. Just feels it feels like that to me. You know, it's. Um, and it's so, I, I, you know, I have the experience in my own life. One of the reasons why I'm a songwriter is I have, you know, 
stuff that went down in my childhood, you sure. know, that I have the, those experiences of, of, you know, being a kiddo and being so lonely and feeling so, you know, um, hungry for something outside of myself and, and yet at the same time really captivated by the wonder of life mm-hmm. and really joyful and, and, and having those moments too. So the contrast, having the... And Joni really, in those songs, especially in Blue... You know, that just really, it's such contrast. You yeah. know, there's such, you know, sadness and sorrow and yet such joy and, and you know, even reckless abandon, mm-hmm. you know, and not, it seems like um, the songs are, are so conversational and so, you know, devote, devotedly held, like there's devotional energy in, in, in the music and at the same time, it's not held on to too tightly, mm-hmm. you know, she really has a way of soaring but not being flamboyant about it or you know I feel like I'm soaring too in right. that way it's because it's so human mm-hmm. you know and it, it sort of gives permission for the listener to um, relax you know it's not it's not it's undefended I guess yeah. when I'm listening to it it feels undefended and what you were talking about earlier honesty I mean that's so much of when I'm writing a tune, I, I, I have impatience for dishonesty with myself even. So it can kind of be a stumbling block when I'm writing because mm-hmm. I, I, I'm editing all the time, you know, trying, what's this, what's the real, what's underneath that? Right. When I say this, what's underneath that? You know, and in a way, um, it, it, I really admire a lot of these tunes because, you know, they, they do that. They, they speak so honestly and yet that they're, there's, she is able to tell a story um, with what seems like not a lot of scrutiny, mm-hmm. you know, so with wisdom, but not a lot of like it's not a she's there's a personality that comes out, right? You know, and um, I just love that. Yeah, <laughs> I just want to eat it up. The accessibility <laughs> of this record is something That's else. That's it. It's, yeah, it's like, but what is moving and uh, I love talking to people about this record because it's different things that strike different people it's it's, some of it's all the same yeah Um, some of it's relating to uh, you know and this is an interesting spot in her career it's relatively early in her career this is record like four Yeah, but she has James Taylor, right? You know, in there doing some guitar work, and and I think Holy I think Molson. a lot of this record is about James Taylor. Mostly, I I I love it because of everything that the art itself is. When mm-hmm. you know, when I'm listening to it, between the intimacy of it, and when I when I've made records, I've actually gone back and referenced this record as a way to have intimacy mm-hmm. while having texture. I mean, there's so much going on, oh, and yeah. at the same time, there are tracks that are very spare, you know, and, and how can it, they be so full and so moving and be so spare? Mm-hmm. Oh, the songs, well, songs themselves, right. and then also the, the, the way that things are produced, too, um, and just the flow of the record between the 12-string guitar, which is such a sound. I mean, mm-hmm. the record has a sound to the piano right. that, like, you know, creates a completely different mood. I, I you know, this and dulcimer too, oh, which is yeah. huge on this record. Oh my gosh, it just it's 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 amazing. It's like um yeah, it's such texture is the word that keeps coming up to mind. It's a timbre and a texture that that, you know, any track on this record, if I were to hear it, I would know it right away just because right. of its signature um sonically, you know, and, and it's just um in that way and I, I think I don't know if I'm just influenced by the cover of the artwork and the way that, you know, the piano sounds, but to me, blue is such a great, you know, 
way to describe how it feels, you know. Right. A lot of the time, I should say there are different shades of blue, maybe, because sometimes it's sky blue, you know, with, right. with some of the joy and the, the moments of joy. And, and also, I mean, I just as I was listening through today, trying to find what, you know, like trying to nail down, what is it that I love about this guitar? Like, what what is it that has, you know, it's like, um, it just are so many songs on this record that have lines that I just say, ah, yes, hmm, yep. yum, ha, ah, you know, all the time. Like yeah. every single song I could write down the lyrics of most of every song. <laughs> and they, some, I don't know if you have the same experience, but sometimes they change over time. Yeah. Like you hear a new one. Well, I mean, I've heard this record, I'm sure you have too, hundreds mm-hmm. of times. Yeah. And yet, if especially if it's been a while, if you've like not listened to it for a month, however long, and you hear it again, there's things that stick out to you as if it were the first time, right? And, and so there are lines in there, or the way she sings lines too, that's equally important. It's not just yeah. what she's saying, but how she's saying it. And and in certain cases, it's really fascinating too to compare this with like live versions that came off of like Miles of Isles or you know her mm-hmm. later live records and see like what stays the same and what's different. You know, mm-hmm. like that intro to Blue is gone. She just starts right on it, Blue. You know, yeah. instead of that beautiful piano intro, tiny yeah. little things, but like it, yeah. it ends up making a huge amount of difference. Yeah. When did you first come across this record? Uh, when I was in high school. Okay. Uh, I don't even remember who gave it to me or how I came across it. I want to say, yeah, I just I remember it was around the same time that I discovered Indigo Girls. Oh yeah. And okay. I didn't like the Indigo Girls at first. Okay. Um, for some, you know, in high school, I just it when I got to college, I was like, oh yeah, you know what I <laughs> yeah. mean. So it was a time of life thing. But Blue was a record that that I had alongside of my country stuff that yeah. I was really into. Was it your first uh, Joni experience? Yep. Yeah, okay. That's a good way to start. Oh, yeah, yeah. Has the rest of her output, um, this is a weird question because it'll almost sound demeaning to the rest of it, which is not what I intend, but when you have a perfect record like that, have you been able to, and you start there, have you been able to enjoy the rest of her output? Does that question make oh. sense? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I do. I absolutely do. I think blue is a part of my DNA now, my mm-hmm. musical DNA. There are certain records that really just, um, you know, sit in my heart in a way that that, that I think, you know, kind of have shaped me, mm-hmm. you know, as an artist um, and, and, you know, provided a soundtrack to my life. And I think this is definitely one of those records for me, a forming record. Um, I think that everything that I listen to of hers, I have a, sh- I have a shining for, or like a, what is it called? Um, I have a... You know, a little bit biased, yeah. you know, whenever I listen to her voice because I love her, yeah. you know, because of the way yeah. that, that her ta- songs has have touched my heart. So it's um, that there's just a love that happens. So, it's, I, I, you know, I'm I'm inclined to love it. So um, that for me, like with Miles and Miles Viles, I, I love that record. Um, I, you know, I love Hygera. You know, I, I love that record. Yeah. I, there's, um, you know, I'm trying to think Court and Spark. Oh, God, I love Court and Spark, you know. But I, I think the jumping off part for me was the jumping off album for me right. was Blue. Um, and just the way that it, it you know, it is it is a perfect record. And, and gosh, what else is there yeah. in this life? I mean, there's love and then there's devotion and, and, there's, and isn't it the same? And aren't we all trying to figure it out? And being imperfect and... Stumbly, and you know this record is all of that. It's it's all of that stumbly hope, heartbreak, you know loneliness. I am alone, but I you know um, 
I'm a lonely, what is it? I'm a lonely painter. A lonely painter with a box of paints, you know, or just this idea of um, I'm on the road and I'm traveling, 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 looking for something. What can it be? Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like, oh, I feel that way. You know, I feel like I'm, I'm so hungry for yeah. a, a grasp of it, right. you know, a grasp of the starry sky. You know, I just want to understand. I just want to hold it. I, you know, I have a passion for life like that. And that's what this is. It's a, it's a passion for life. So to say a perfect album, it's like imperfectly perfect. I mean, there are moments where she's singing where, you know, like we have so much tuning ability now in our, in our field when we make records. But there are some moments where she's, if I look critically, I can hear she kind of goes out a little bit, you know, yeah. sometimes vocally. And I love it. Yep. But when I'm listening to myself making records, like I'm like all been out of shape sometimes mm -hmm. about intonation because we're so used to hearing things be, you know, they're, they're just, I, you know, it, 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 I come back to this record as a teaching example of what it is to be wabi-sabi. Right. You know, what it is to be perfectly imperfect, perfectly. Like, what is that? You mm -hmm. know, it's like human. So, yeah, human is a great way of thinking yeah. of it. Sometimes there are those moments that like, it's not what you intended to do, and maybe technically it's not correct. I always think of Brandy Carlisle with that example, oh, actually, because yeah. she there's one song off of the story. It might be the story actually, where there's you know she it lets out this almost like guttural kind of like noise, and you can tell it wasn't intended, but it's perfect, <laughs> yeah. and it's exactly what that song needed. It's probably hard to replicate. You know what I mean? If not impossible to replicate. It's what the song needed, and it happened at the right time while the tape was rolling, not what was intended. And you know that as a listener. Yeah, mm -hmm. there are, I'm sure, moments like that, too. Yeah, with this perfect record. Okay, let's maybe go through some of these songs here. I don't know if you have specific huh. ones that, you know, stick out to you. I love them all. Um, and actually, what one of the things that I've been kind of interested in here was it was almost put out with with a couple different tracks. Do you know this? Mm -hmm. That um, All I Want, the first song, and the last time I saw Richard were really late rights. So those were kind of like pushed on the record at the end. Mm -hmm. But two other songs, which were actually really early songs, were removed from it so kind of these could take the place, which it's kind of a short record. They could have put them all on there, right? Yeah. But it's kind of interesting. Do you know Urge for Going? She later put that on oh. her hits record. And Tom Paxton, or no, Tom Rush, had a hit with it, one of the two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a great song. So she she originally put that on. That She didn't put out a version of that until her greatest hits record in like the late 90s. Wow. And then another song called Hunter, and then in parentheses, The Good Samaritan, which has never been on any of her records. I don't know that one. Yeah. <laughs> you can find it. It's pretty easy to find because she used to do it in concert in the late 60s. But okay. um, yeah, anyway, so, and then Little Green was also an older song, but that was on the record and it stayed on the record. So, okay, let's go through the track listing. So All I Want is the first one, which yeah. is just the perfect beginning yep. start. You know, it's a starting yep. place. And I love that the line in there, it struck me today as I was driving over and, and hearing it, the, uh, what a simple line it is in a way and what a simple thought it is, and yet the most complicated thought too, all I really want our love to do is bring out the best in me and in you. Yeah. Is there a better thought than that? Right. That's all you want, yeah. but you know it's it's so plainly stated. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love it too. I love she talks about you know the real truth of relating to another person, and, and you know you hurt me, so I hurt you too. Yeah, I love that too. <laughs> you know, and then the fact that you know, so we both get so blue. 
I love the title right. being, you know, kind of used a couple, used times. A couple yeah. times, you know, it's just, um, yeah. Yeah. Such a good song. Dulcimer led. I love that kind of like really, I mean, even by Joni's standards, pretty sparse. It's not even mm-hmm. the full six strings of the guitar. Yeah. You know? It's really sparse. And uh, when you have 10 songs that are this perfect, you can do that. You can be that sparse with them because the lyrics combined with the music and the way you use your voice, of course, are going to tell the story. You don't have to embellish it because it's, in- I would be curious to know if, if there was any thought at some point of like making this a more like band E record kind, you know, having mm-hmm. more instruments on it because, um, you know, when you're writing it, that's probably natural curiosity. I wonder how this would sound with such and such an instrument. I wonder how mm-hmm. this would sound with trombone, but you know, when you've got these great songs, don't get in the way of those songs. Like, let them be. Yep. But, um, My Old Man. Yeah. How do you feel about that song? Oh, I think it's a love song. You yeah. know, I, lo- I love, I love, um, uh, yeah. I mean, it's a, you don't need a, um, you don't need, we don't need a piece of paper from the, the city oh, hall yeah. to, you know, uh, tie us through or whatever. That keeping, would, us keep, 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 keeping us tied and true. Keeping us tied and true, you know. Uh, I just, I love it. It's, it's, um, it's really sweet, mm-hmm. you know. It's got the 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 commitment, yeah. you know, and the the um, yeah. I yeah. love it. Yeah, that's a good. Then little green, which is a that's a rough one. I mean, it's it's yeah. heartbreaking that song. Wrote you know she wrote it about her child that she gave up for adoption, and you know it's an older song. She wrote it in 1967. This record didn't come out till 71. So she had three other records that she could have put it on that she either saved it or didn't feel ready to put it on a record, you know, any, any number of reasons that it was kind of saved for this record is interesting. Mm-hmm. I think if I had time with Joni, that's one of the questions I would ask actually is why, you know, this song mm-hmm. that, you know, w- was so beautiful. I, it would be tempting to like get it out there as soon as you could, but she, it, it almost seems as though she saved it. Yeah. I, I think this song really, adds to this record in, yeah. a, in a, an extraordinary way. I think the width or the depth of this record is expanded because of that song. And for, for me, you know, one of the reasons why I love this album so much is um, just the, the way um, bringing hope and, and uh, you know, sort of the resilience mm-hmm. to a child you know, naming them a little green, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and I, I didn't realize that this was her child that she gave up for adoption. Yeah. I just was seeing it as a, you know, holding holy a space for a little being who um, was brought into the world with love, but that a child raising a child, mm-hmm. you know, and just this real understanding of, you know, ab- abandonment and the truth of that and the heartbreak of that. And there is still hope, mm-hmm. you know, for that little being to to still have another spring, yeah. you know, and just to, to, to be able to embrace the growth and the possibility and the tr- nutrition that's around, mm-hmm. you know, even with, um, you know, those, those child parents, mm-hmm. you know, kind of losing their way a little bit. Yeah. Um, it, it's even more heartbreaking to realize that, you know, that there's a story behind that yeah. that's much more personal. Well, she was married in the mid-60s to a guy named Chuck Mitchell and um, I don't think it was a very good marriage and I think this I think mm. this was part of that and uh, I don't know this for sure but I'm, I'm pretty sure because time era would have been about that time uh, you know 
she kind of he was he's a folk singer too or was a folk singer I, I don't honestly know if he's still alive but I her perception of it from interviews around that time was that he kind of using her in, in many ways and in particular in, in music was just kind of like almost like dragging her around to further his career you know they, they mm -hmm. performed as a duo but um, you know, it was kind of maybe not the best situation for Joni to be in. But she she did reunite with the daughter, I know, because there was a big story about it when it happened. It was the mid to late 90s. I think it was right around the time of the Turbulent Indigo record, which is another of my favorite oh, records of yeah. hers, actually. Um, it was shortly after that that I want to say, I, I might be really wrong about this, but I think either like one of those access... Hollywood like entertainment shows kind of figured this out and like started putting the pieces together for her or it might have even been like the the National Enquirer or something like that it was something kind of strange and uh, so they put they put this big story together and they reunited and I know it was very good for a long time they became very close I think they eventually became estranged again um, and so she Joni had a stroke with couple of years ago so hopefully they're you know back together again sometimes those things can bring people back together again I don't know mm -hmm. but um, so yeah there's there's history there with this song it's coming from a very real place mm -hmm. but yeah anyway all right and then Carrie talk about flipping it completely to this like you know upbeat kind of fun yeah. sound. Oh my gosh, and that's the thing that I love uh, about this record is that there are such, you know, peaks and valleys, yeah. you know, and it, it really It doesn't let you wallow. No. And and I mean there's so for me there's hope. Like mm -hmm. there's so tremendous hope in, in life in this record. And um Carrie is definitely. I mean, I I uh I love, I love like you know let's have a round for these freaks and these soldiers you know yeah. I mean she's really acknowledging again you know that there's there's you know this and you know right. it's like there there is there is joy and wonder and play and a party and you know people who have real things that that are going on that that you know are hard things yeah you know but they're here together and let everyone is welcome mm -hmm. at the table no matter your your you know your suffering is okay, mm -hmm. you know, let's all say cheers, right? you know, <laughs> and then in that way, it's again, the human condition, yeah. you know, it's just really speaking to, you know, how, how can we, um, how can we celebrate together this amazing life, even when it's not always easy? Yeah. This, okay. What, everything you just said there really helps me understand why this is such an important record to you. Because to tell you the truth, when I was thinking about it, I know you a little bit. So my perception of you, mostly from your music and the times that I've, you know, interacted with you and whatever, you're like the nicest person. You are just, that's something that I just, I think describes you. You're very kind. You're very thoughtful. You're very generous. These are things that are you. And, and these are also things that, I sense in your music you talk about openly kind of needing those things and, and wanting those things for other people in the world. Mm -hmm. And so it's not it, it's not that it didn't make sense to me that this was um, was a, a favorite record of yours, but this the, some of these songs are really sad. They're mm -hmm. very hard. And um, but yeah, what you just described kind of helps me with that because I see that like yeah, and if you're anything like me. You know, those are things that I strive to be too, but I can also be very, you know, it, it can also be hard sometimes to be happy. I really resonate with those songs that speak to um, grief, right. you know, and, and loss and darkness. And to me, 
you can't have the light with that, you know, a real truthful light without right. that darkness. And that's what I hear in Joni's this album. I mean, it's it's obvious she knows suffering. Oh yeah. You know, and she knows the 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 dark night of the soul. You know, mm-hmm. and and you know, she is allowing the the sun to be there too. She's allowing you know, the joy to mm-hmm. be touched. And she's allowing herself to be herself. You know, this record, that's really it. This record is Joni allowing Joni to be herself. Right. You know, and, and, and whatever, however it took to make that happen sonically, like all the work and all the effort and all the, you right. know, behind the scenes puppetry yeah. or whatever. But like the result for me as a listener is freedom to be the person that you are, mm-hmm. you know, as, as, as imperfectly perfect, you know, and that's, we are right. God's children. Right. So gosh, if we are God's children or if we are, you know, children of, of something greater, you know, um, how can we judge ourselves so harshly right. for being who we are Yeah, <laughs> we, and each other? We troll ourselves <laughs> and each other, yeah. not just online. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. yeah, that's a good reminder, actually. It's, uh, yeah. it's a hard time right now, I think, oh, for a lot of us. I mean, it's yeah. a really hard time right now. And it's hard to uh, sometimes remain kind and open and not forget, you know... When I see somebody with a bumper sticker that maybe is against everything that I stand for, to to not dismiss them, you know, and say, well, they own a place in the world too, you know, yeah. it, it, we're allowed different viewpoints, but it's it's hard to think that way right now. But yeah. getting back to yeah. what you were saying, um, what about Joni allowing herself to to just lay it all out there and say, this is me right now. One of the most famous things about this record that a lot of people reference is she played the record after it was done, but not yet released for Chris Christopherson, who was a friend. And mm-hmm. he said, Joni, save some of it for yourself. You know, like you're putting too much out there, basically. And that's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. What else is there? I don't I mean, I, I just think, gosh, you know, I I love that, hearing that, because I, I don't know that... She, uh, did, did you know what happened? Did she take his advice? Is there still more... <laughs> Did no. she pull some back? <laughs> no, she didn't. I mean, the only thing that could have happened, I don't know if that was before the song switcheroo, yeah. but All I Want and Last Time I Saw Richard, I think, are more personal than the other two songs. Yeah. So if anything, she went further with it. Yeah. <laughs> I think. But yeah, no, she didn't. I don't think Joni is the kind of person to, I don't know her, but she. I don't think she's the kind of person who would be influenced by something like that and say, you're right, I should, you know? Like, yeah. that's just not in her character. She writes what she, what you know, she's never been afraid to say exactly how she feels about something, at least in her yeah. songs, which yeah. I've always admired. But Me too. It, it's a very undefended quality, and I think it really, um, it really is encouraging yeah. in that way, you yeah. know, to, to be transparent and to allow your heart to be present mm-hmm. and, and be imperfectly shaped. <laughs> so... All right, I think we left off with Carrie. Yeah. So the next one is the title track, Blue, yeah. one of the just striking piano ballads. Love this song. Actually, one of the first piano songs I ever learned how to play, too. Oh, wow, yeah. yeah. I feel like I learned how to play piano from listening to Joni, actually. Like, yeah. just, you know, and that's a good coach. A lot of what you were talking about, too, earlier with the, like, how you can make it sound, you know, it's just one instrument, but how can it sound full? I think a lot of it has to do with her cording, to tell you the truth. It's not traditional cording. 
Yeah. It's decorative, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's great stuff. But how do you feel about Blue, the title track? Oh my gosh, I love it. I, I think, you know, it, it's a surrender. It's a, it's a song of um, devotional energy. I mean, it, to me, it really speaks to acceptance. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, um, this, this idea of, uh, you know, singing a song to Blue, you mm -hmm. know, it's like, uh, gosh, you know, so much of my suffering comes from resistance to whatever's going on that I don't like. Mm -hmm. And I think, gosh, you know, this song has really, uh, for me, been a teacher of, you know, and as I we talked about, you know, talking about this record, I kind of came into touch with why I go to this record so mm -hmm. much. This song is a part of that yes, reason. It? Because to me, this song gives me permission or gives, you know, she's singing to this, this emotion or this experience, but you know, I, I've really taken it in as giving me permission to, as a person, really um, make friends with this sadness, this deep sorrow, mm -hmm. this deep, you know, feeling of, um, you know, the hole that's in my my heart that I can't. It seems like I can't ever fill, you know, and it's mm -hmm. like. Um, you know, instead of being so mad about it, you know, or being so resistant to those feelings and trying to escape it, it's like, you know, um, really allowing it to be there right. and, um, and, and loving it even and seeing the beauty in it. And, um, yeah, I don't, um, gosh, yeah, I, I, I really love, I love, 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 um, the, um, you know, the humility in it, like here is a shell for you, you know, a foggy lullaby. I mean, yeah. it's, that's how I feel as an artist too, you yeah. know, or as a human being, you know, it's like a foggy lullaby. Like I want to, I want to be devotional and sing something or do something that really connects me to that source, you know? And, and, and at the same time, like so much of my head feels like it's in the clouds, you mm -hmm. know, how can I clear it up? How can I get more clear, mm -hmm. you know? And it's, she's saying, in a way, giving the listener, you know, permission to be a human being and to right. be perfect and saying, you know, to me, this is such a beautiful, uh, you know, gift to the song, to the, to the blue, right. whatever you are. <laughs> maybe that's why this record is so beloved. You know, maybe it's, it's somebody else saying in the greatest, most artistically perfect way, it's okay to feel this way, this way that we all feel at certain points here's how I feel when I feel like this, you know, mm -hmm. and maybe there's something in there. And yeah, you're right that the, the peaks and valleys aspect becomes important too, because it doesn't let you get down too long. You know what I mean? It allows you to, to think about these things. And then it brings you back up to a point of like, you know, it'll be okay. It almost gives you that, like, it's going to be okay. And then you go back for a second to, you know, thinking about another thing that's not so easy to, to kind of access in yourself or, or to consider and then brings you back up again. You know, it's that kind of rise mm -hmm. and fall, rise and fall. Mm -hmm. The tempo is, the tempo of the record is basically the same from beginning to end. You know, a lot of the mm -hmm. things that like they tell you to, to think about when you're tracking a record, it, it just aren't important in this record, you know? Um, but all, it pushes and pulls. It does push yeah. and pull. And the other thing that's really great about it is because it's relatively instrumentally sparse, the fact that it goes dulcimer song, piano song, guitar song, piano song, you know, mm -hmm. it, it mixes it up. There's, I don't know if there's ever two piano songs back nope. to back or two guitar songs back nope. to back. So there's that kind of shift in the way mm -hmm. you're hearing it too. And, and mm -hmm. something instrumentally that's 
keeping on your feet too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think of songs very much from a like a painter, yeah. and and that's one of the things I love about Joni Mitchell too as an artist. Like you know, her songs very much seem like they're painter paintings. You yeah. know, they have that kind of quality of texture and color and you know objects mm-hmm. and you know the uh, foreground and background and you know all that perspective. You know, it's like th- there are sharp angles and there are you know there are blurry things you know <laughs> you're like only you can step back and kind of think you almost see what it is but yeah. you know and I think um oh my gosh you know as a as a songwriter myself like that's you know I try and like you know close my eyes and step into the feeling or the spatial awareness of this you know when I'm writing I want to I want to feel it I want to see it I want it to be colorful I want it to have object and yeah. you know I, I want it to be a painting right. you know I want it to feel like I can see it or almost touch it you know and uh and and I I kind of lost my train of thought just now <laughs> but I I think uh I I think that she she's definitely um yeah. doing that I don't know what I was connecting it to it all goes back to the honesty of this record and you know what I would say to you in that in that regard I know I've said this to you before I think I wrote you an email about it at some point was one of the things that really struck me um this was a while ago now, but you, I'm on your email list, and um, you, you were, you're very upfront in your email list about this is what's happening in my life. How can I give you what you want as as a fan, as a listener? But from a practical standpoint, like how can I, you know, you were coming from things very openly and honestly in a way that I really admired because I had been, especially at that point in my life, kind of making maybe too much of a deal about like uh, the perception of a folk singer and what we're supposed to be perceived as being Mm -hmm. instead of what it actually means to be a folk singer in 2016 because it's not easy to be a folk singer in 2016. A lot of it sucks. You know, there's some really great aspects (laughs) that keep both of us doing it Mm -hmm. and, you know, both of us do this for our job. This is what we've decided to make our career doing it's not easy and it, the struggle I appreciated that in, in your email list as much as your music because mm-hmm. you just were honest about that and said this is something I need from you right now and you know people rallied around you and responded to that I think oh yeah I think that that's I mean that's maybe that's always been the way you know to some degree you need your fans to be able to even do this as a job it's like you know, otherwise it's a hobby kind right. of thing, sure. you know, um, and as the, the, the world is changing, I think we're more moving to that NPR model yeah. <laughs> of being, you know, fan crowdsourced, fan supported mm-hmm. in a direct way that's more direct than them just buying records to say they right. love you or your stuff, but them actually just helping you make this art. And, yeah. you know, and I think that that, that um, I, you know, I was... I was reaching out because I under I understood that you know if if things needed to change, I wanted to have clarity with the people who love my music right. to understand you know and it was really vulnerable. Right, it was vulnerable, but, <laughs> but in the best of ways, and I think thanks. it was something that I could not, I relate to. Isn't the right word. It was something that I I found myself wishing that I could be that way because. Mm-hmm. I think not Joni, but other people, I don't want to say names, but there are other people who I've really admired uh, and still admire who, as musicians, keep a wall in between themselves and their people, you know, their supporters. And I've 
for most of my performing life have kind of been like that. I'm the kind of person who I don't go out and talk to people before the show. It's not that I don't want to. It's just, it's very uncomfortable for me to do that. I'll talk to people after the show, but I can't do it before the show. You have a great way when you're performing of making sustained eye contact with people in a way that a lot of us, myself included, tend to look, you know, briefly or over the audience, you know, we're kind of in our own heads, close your eyes, look at the ceiling, whatever, you know, you're very direct. You, you kind of encourage those moments with your audience. And I think ultimately it serves you better than it serves us. You know, mm-hmm. once you are at a point where you can afford to do that, because what I, the other, the opposite side of things, if you have thousands of fans, it, it's impractical to think, oh, I, I'm going to be able to connect with everybody. But you know, where we are able to connect with our audiences where at our shows there's hundreds of people or 50 people or whatever, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? We can afford to do that. Mm -hmm. And I admire that you do do that because I'm not so good at that. That's something that I struggle with. Mm. You know, um, well, I don't know if this would, will, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I know you got it. And I, <laughs> you know, it's all right, but I have an idea for you. Are sure. you interested in yeah, hearing it? Yeah, of course. Um, I, it's really been helpful for me with people, um, especially because I have such an intolerance a little bit for people saying nice things to me about my music. It's taken me a <laughs> long time to like calm down my nervous system when someone is giving me compliments because yeah. I just get itchy. You know, um, I think because it's the whole idea of the praise and blame being the same coin, mm-hmm. you know, and so if somebody's praising you, it's just a matter of time before right. <laughs> there's or somebody's the other yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and so like it kind of, you know, and, um, you know, so, but when people are, are doing that, I think I, I, I'm, I'm, come to really realize um, that people are really beautiful and 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 I am excited by that beauty and when someone is talking to you no matter what they're talking about they're showing you who they are mm-hmm. you know they're they're giving you a gift and so if I can you know so for me talking with folks you know a lot of times after the show it's about me and my music and what I you know and and so um, Instead of hearing, though, that it's about me personally, instead of taking it personal, I've really had a practice of hearing the things that they say and seeing that as their own beautiful self. Oh, yeah. And it's not that I say that to them, oh, you're so beautiful, you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. Um, you know, it, usually it's just thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, I mean, really, you know, it, it's a true transaction yeah. of love. You know, it's like um, they show me th- that, that they are full of love and I receive their appreciation. Yeah. And so I'm not at all, I'm practicing saying yes to what they're saying to me and I'm practicing taking it in and saying, yes, we are human beings together. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead of seeing it as praise, I see it as communion. I see it as, you know, a way of, of meeting. And, and, yeah. and so in that way, it, it's not energy draining. It's it for me. And, and maybe it's a personality thing too. Um, but I really love my time alone. So, you know, it's, it's not always that I get energy from being around people. Crowds kind of make me itchy too. Me too. Um, so it's, I really love being, you know, in smaller spaces you know, in, in meaning like, um, parties make me itchy, (laughs) you know, it's like, so, but, but I, but I really, um, you know, I, I can really, when I'm on stage and playing my music, you know, and looking out at people, I, I really see that we're all here in this human condition together 
trying to be okay, trying to figure out how to appreciate each other in the moment and, you know, being lost in our minds and our woes and worries and, you know, just trying to, you know, come together somehow. And it's like a night to do that. Like, you know, and I get to be the part of making that happen. And it's so exciting for me to be able to, you know, be a part of it and, and, and to be of service to it. And, and so really, I mean, it's, it's a practice. Yeah. Yeah. Now that's and I, I yeah no I'm I'll think I'll try it that way and see how it feels. <laughs> I think it is the compliment thing. I don't know how to take yeah. compliments. It's very hard to yeah. take compliments. I think because it, I think it's the Midwest polite thing of you know it it feels wrong to accept a compliment unless you're offering one in return. And yet most of the yeah. time you don't know anything about the person who's talking yeah. to you. And so I just kind of shifted very awkwardly from you know from being about how much they liked whatever it was that I just did to what do you do, you know? And some mm-hmm. people are cool with that and other people are like, well, it doesn't matter. Like, we're ta- you know, you won't remember me tomorrow anyway or whatever, you know what yeah. I mean? It's that kind of thing where it's, it, it's, it's hard just to take compliments. If you think about the compliment, though, as a gift somebody is giving you, like if somebody gave you a gift, mm-hmm. what would you do with it? You would open it even if you didn't like it. You'd be like, Thank you. Right. And you'd put it to the side. You know, maybe you would, you know, give it to somebody else who maybe would like that, you know, right. particular, uh, you know, <laughs> item. But I mean, you know, that idea for me anyway, because I, I struggle with the same thing. I, you know, really found that like, if I think of it as a way for me to give gifts while I'm listening to somebody, part of you know giving a gift to the person talking to me is by receiving their gift. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, if somebody gives you a gift part of what you're giving back to them in return is receiving. Right. You know, and so it's like, how do we receive when it's all about us and it makes us itchy and it feels like weird, you know, and it's like that praise and blame coin, you know, and it's like, well, for me, it's been just about, you know, remembering that gift that I intend to give by listening and accepting and receiving, but then also, you know, that you spot it, you got it kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like that phrase, you spot it, you got it, comes up for me a lot because when someone's telling me wonderful things about my music and what I, you know, who I must be and how lucky my family must be or how nice I am. You yeah. know, it's like, even when you were telling me like, Oh, you're so nice. And what I've seen about you is that love that it's like, you know, yeah, but you spot it, you got it, <laughs> you know? And it's like, I have got, you know, the, the range too of like, you know, crabbiness and, sure. you know, and intolerance for whatever dot, 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 yeah. you know, grumpy me, you know, and it's, it's, I have an intention to be kind, you know, I have an intention to keep working at kindness, mm-hmm. you know, because it, it, it is about, um, you know, ultimately what do I want to do with my world? I want it to, to, to vibrate happily. I want it to right. grow and be connected and be healthy and happy and, you know, and kindness is the best kind of nutrition, right? Yeah. Um, Patty, Patty Schialfa, who's a is another songwriter I really admire. I don't know. Do you know Patty? She's Bruce Springsteen's wife, which is a oh, horrible way of putting it because yeah. she is just on the same level as him. But that's for the sake of understanding who she is. Yeah. She she got a record deal around the same time as he did, and she's put out three records, all of which are just about perfect, actually. And um, she has a line in one of her songs that she said at one point. Um, it, it, it it sounds like a nothing line, but. Um, I used to be kinder. And I think about that line a lot mm-hmm. because I feel like I used to be kinder. I feel like there's something about, I think it's po- politics to tell you the truth. I'm a very politically mm-hmm. minded person. And I think this, um, 
the last eight years, 10 years, it's just gotten so vicious and so ugly. And maybe it was like that before and I was too young to really realize that. Maybe the shift hasn't been within the system, but the shift has been within me. But, you know, it's hard. It's hard to look at somebody who is the exact opposite and see equality, you know? It's just, it's so hard because I think our temptation is always to try to prove that we know We've got, you know, we have some better information than they do. And I want to show you my better information. And they think their information is a better information. It's not that I have better information. It's different information. Yeah. But I don't know. Let's do, I'm going to do a Joni song. We'll come back and we'll talk about part two. I like this. We'll do part two. It's like the vinyl version. We did side A. I'm going to do a song. Now we're going to (laughs) come back in side two. Okay. Be right back.
gosh. So where are we? We're, we're after blue. We're in the, now in California. California. Yeah. yeah. All right, back oh. for part two of yeah. Blue. Part two of Blue even rhymes. Yes. Thank you for talking with me. Oh gosh, you're so welcome. <laughs> oh my gosh. So let's pick up where we were. We'll kind of maybe make our way through this part quicker, although these songs won't be any easier to talk about. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> this, song, this is a maybe needs a, a four-part episode for Blue. That's the, that's the real thing with Blue. Uh, so California. California is actually one of my favorite songs from this record. Yeah, I too. can't explain why. I don't really feel like I know what the song is all about, but I love it. I don't know. Will you take me as I am? Mm -hmm. You know, it's like a... Strung out on another man, which is a yeah. very, like, important yeah. line in it, too. The, like, I, that adds a whole other element. The, like, yeah. yeah, the, will you take me as I am? But then the strung yeah, out on another, another man. man. Yeah, there, there's something there of, like, I don't know. I found myself thinking about that again today on the way over here about, like, you know, is this... She maybe just had a breakup with one person... Is she backpedaling? You know, you don't want to like, I don't want to tell anybody what her song is about because I have no clue. But, you know, I don't know. There's something interesting in that line, I think. Yeah. What do you think? I think that that I love the melody and, you yeah. know, how, how she's, you know, it's so um, playful and, and so California. Yeah, how does she do it? Oh God, it's no, so that, terrible. That it. No, that was it. <laughs> no, it's um, yeah. I have her in my head, and that's, I'm not her doing it. But like, you know, just the, the oh, I just love, I love um, the the light heart, you know, yeah. and and yeah, it is, it is real again, rooted in that, you know, um, California, you know, take me as I am, strung out on another man, California, I'm coming home, mm -hmm. and for for me, you know, this song too is is about, you know, uh, the complexity of home a little right. bit too, and yeah. just this idea too of, of Canada on that when she talks about it in the, the in um, case of the in, 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 in yeah about the you know having the coaster and the map of Canada um, and oh Canada, you know, and then this idea that. That, you know California is a home but you know she's also Canadian and has this can you know for me just knowing that little bit about her you know I, I feel like um, you know I relate to that as a Texan living in Minnesota right. <laughs> you know it's just this idea of like having home be a lot of different things yeah you know and 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 also strung out on another man it's like home being a lot of different things right it might, I might be looking at it yeah. too literally you yeah know? There's, and maybe that's what it is, is a really great um, example of little bit of literal, little bit of metaphor, put them together and shake them up and you've got a great song, which is yeah. hard as a writer. I don't know if you ever do that. I, I find that I'm either, when I'm writing a song, it's either very literal or very metaphorical. I don't often mix and match. I don't know if you do. Oh, yes, I do. do and really? Because of the fact that most of the time I don't know what I'm writing about. <laughs> I go back and and can clarify, you yeah. know. But I uh, find that hard to do. But. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, yeah. I mean, I think there are a few songs I, I do write literally sometimes, but usually that literal uh, stuff that I'm trying to write ends up not turning into anything because yeah. it's it's too plain. It's not. It's it's not. Well, that's not true. I mean, right now, song right now, you know, I'll tell you a secret that I've learned. Nobody knows everything, you know. We mm -hmm. all get caught up in what we think and believe it's the truth. You know, I mean, it's a conversational. I'm looking for conversational when I'm writing, and I love I love that about her writing is that she's metaphorical, but yet, you know, you feel like you're having a conversation right. with her and it's rooted somewhere, mm -hmm. you know. So in that way, it's very, it's very, um, 
you know, um, you can attach to it. You mm -hmm. know, it's it's very easy to to uh, connect to it, and and so in that way, I guess, um, you know, we we all the songs that work for us are somewhat literal. Yeah. In a way, I mean, you can't write just metaphorically and have right. it work. <laughs> Some people can, but yeah, maybe I'm not good at it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I described one of her other songs, maybe even one of her other records. It's like, you know, it would have been a song. Um, it, it's almost like you say, it's a conversation. It's just that the audience takes the place of the other person. And it's interesting. I don't mm -hmm. want to jump ahead, but the last time I saw Richard is very much like a two part conversation you yeah. know it's like both parts are in there yeah and it, that's also amazing when a writer is capable of doing that yeah. playing both roles within the same song but yes anyway i love california this flight tonight yeah which actually during this tour um she i, I think used to start a lot of her shows with this flight tonight which is kind of an interesting wow choice. yeah Oh, that's that, that's really cool I, I i that's that's a fun way to start a show it is. it's it's sort of like uh you know I, I, for me, the song—it's it's an interesting idea to start a show that way because you, you're already in in the air and right. you're already on some—you know—going somewhere and you're already having a wishful regret that you could be back <laughs> where <out>. you were. Yeah. <laughs> so, in a way, it's sort of like you know an, an ode to imperfection uh -huh. right at the very beginning, yeah. you know, or for that yearning, yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, it's—I love—I love on that flight because it's—it's it's, this flight tonight is so. Um, you know, joyful and, and childlike and, and, and sort of, um, you know, this, the song itself is very uplifting in the yeah. way that it sounds. And it's bouncy and it's, and about, it's fun. Yeah, yeah and it's, it's about, you know, um, the wistful choices like, oh gosh, shoot, I shouldn't have gotten on this flight. You, right. <laughs> you know, oh darn, yeah. you know, wish we could just turn this this crazy bird around. Yeah. You know, it's just, but even the way she's talking about it is is so um, lighthearted. Yeah. You know, it's. It's, it's that I think it's exactly the same thing we were just talking about. If I was asked again, not, I don't want to speak for Joni, that's not the goal here, but like, what I hear in the song is, you know, like a nice mix of like very literal up go the flaps, down go the wheels. I hope, you know, there there are lines in there that are very directly about the mechanics yeah. of flying yeah. and regretting being on a flight. Now, I'm also, I happen to be a folk singer who's really bad at flying, which is not good yeah. for a career. <laughs> I drive really long distances rather than flying, and I'm cool yeah. with it. I've made that choice. But like, you know, so some of it is, I don't think that Joni, I don't think it's a song about fear of flying by mm -hmm. any means, but like there's those literal examples of like this flight tonight might be a disaster. And you think to yourself, if you're not paying close attention, is this a song about a flight gone awry? Is it, you know, is it that? But no, it's not really about that. It's about the other stuff in her life. It's what's at the destination that might make this flight a disaster. You know, and the la the end of the song is yeah. really the most revealing part of it. That I hope, um, I hope, I hope you got. I can't remember exactly how it goes, but um, I hope you got your heat on. I hope they finally fix your automobile, and then yeah. almost at at a volume that's like three quarters of those two lines. She's she sings, I hope. I, or I, I hope things are better when we meet again, baby. Something like that. Again, I'm mm. not saying I should be reading it directly. I'm just doing this from memory. But, you know, there's something about it that, again, goes to that vulnerability that's just raw and real. 
that makes this record so good. Yeah, well, and then in the midst of that, you know, whole thing musically, you know, to have a song that takes itself so so not so seriously, yeah. so not so seriously. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, because in the middle of it, there's that artistic radio, yeah, you know, yeah, song. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like it, it's putting you in the plane beside her. You right. know what I mean? And I do it's love like, that. yeah, we're all in this journey together. You know, that's what this song. Uh, it, it does. It's like, yeah, it's everything is here. The regret, the uncertainty, the, you know, possible disaster, right. impending doom, <laughs> and flight and excitement of momentum of going somewhere and, right. you know, and yeah. the journey, you know, and the joyful, you know, enjoying what's here on the plane, even though there's other stuff happening too right. that's kind of stressful. Yeah. I do oh. find that moment, I, I meant to bring up that moment too that you just described of like that song within a song kind of thing that's so great. And one of the one of the many reasons it's great, other than it's just a cool moment, and when as a writer you can just look at that and go, how did she do that? Like it would be really easy for that moment to not work. So the fact that she made it work is really impressive. But the other thing about that is, you know, it it was isn't it talk, ooh la la? Yeah, <laughs> love is that. I feel oh like it's, it's it's part of a natural song, but yeah. it's probably not. Um, but what we've been talking about with the rest of this record is for such a sparse record, for this to be that moment, it's kind of similar to the record after this for The Roses. Most yeah. of that record is really sparse too. And then the last song, The Judgment of the Moon and Stars, where there's that like full orchestration on it all of a sudden. And it, even actually a couple songs before that, Blonde and the Bleachers, where like the drum kicks in for the first time. Oh, song 10, God. and I think that's the first time the drum plays on the record, you know? Yeah. And maybe the first time Joni had ever had drums on any of her records. I don't think any of the other songs, I don't know, I, I should know yeah, this I'm not sure about I talk that. about it. Yeah. But, you know, the, it, but it's at the end of this record, for the roses which then is so kind of interesting because that the next record is court and spark and so it kind of like it all just flows from one record to the next yep blue the end of blue could slide right into the beginning part of for the roses yeah. and then it's the evolution as you go through that record and that the end of that record would slide right into court and spark you know there's just i don't know you can yeah. connect these records which yep. is very interesting i think i think so too yeah uh okay river is the one after oh, that. This river. is the time of year as I'm sitting here in yeah. your lovely yeah. Minneapolis I'm house. I'm going to turn up the heat a little bit here. Oh, no, that wasn't that yeah. wasn't to say that I'm cold. I'm actually oh. doing just fine in here, but it's when I pulled in, it was negative six outside. Ah, isn't that exciting? <laughs> yeah. So, River, this is the time of year. To, do you ever do this song? I don't, no. no. I, I don't do a whole lot of covers. I'm going to change that because um, there are so many songs I want to get, I want to try on. The reason I ask with this one is this is that song that a lot of people do. Uh, it's similar yeah. to Alleluia, which you were referencing earlier. Yeah. You know, a lot of people would argue that these songs are overcovered. Um, I don't necessarily feel that way. I can see like bad versions are, are rough, are yeah. hard to take because there are so many good versions. That's how I feel about it. You mm -hmm. have to be one of the good versions. But if you can do a good version, do the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we both have played at the Warming House, which is a lovely venue in town, and one of the one of the shows that I did there was actually a Joni tribute concert. Yeah, I told you about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, Vicki Emerson, who is the first guest, uh, did uh, one of the songs that one of the Joni covers that she did was River. And, you know, uh, not just saying it because she was a friend, but she's a lovely, it, it was a really wonderful version of it. Yeah. And I think it's hard to do that with this song because we've mm -hmm. both heard it. You know, we've all heard this song so much mm -hmm. that, you know, even Joni, I, I heard she, um, 
she was asked a few times about this song and she referenced some specific versions that she liked, actually two of which came from television shows. Robert Downey Jr., I guess, played the song on, I think, Ally McBeal. Yeah. I haven't heard him do it. I've heard him, I, he has a record out that's actually pretty good. And then a wonderful actress named Frances Conroy did a version on the show Six Feet Under. I think it might have been just like singing it a cappella in a scene, but yeah. Joni said it made her cry. Oh, yeah. And, you know, there are those moments where, like, it can be used so effectively. Mm -hmm. And the original is used effectively in a lot of TV shows and movies, too. But yeah. I don't know. I cry listening to it. Do you? Yeah. It just, it touches a place in, in my heart that this is that, that lonely place, you know. At a specific time of year, too. Yeah. And it's just, uh, to me, the holidays in particular. And, and I think even, you know, more poignantly, now that I've lost a couple really important people in my mm -hmm. life, um, you know, just that tender human fragility, you yeah. know, that we're fragile, fra fra fragile, <laughs> fragility that, that we, uh, you know, we have going on, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's, it's, it's beautiful and, and, um, and it's nice to, to hear that kind of song and feel it and, and, you know, have tears come to my eyes because, you know, it's like, oh, there's companionship there, yeah. you know, it's like yeah. we're, she, there's a, it's a song that's very lonely, but yet, you know, you're not alone listening to it. Yep. If that's the theme of this record, I think yeah. I've, I, I think I, in some ways always felt that way, but after this conversation, I really feel that way that I had maybe not thought of it or articulated it that way, but that's, I think why so many people like this record. It's exactly that. Um, all right, then last to A Case of You, which is, I put that, I did a cover of that song on my first record, actually. Love that song. Mm -hmm. um, I do that song a lot. I didn't do, I, I did it when the record came out, then I stopped doing it for like six, seven years. Just seemed like another song that maybe too, not too many people, but a lot of people were covering it, and I didn't want to just be another person who did that song. I don't know. Um, but I just like the song too damn much. I brought it back. I love the song too much. And I feel like I do a very different version. I do it as a piano song, but oh yeah, so nice. This it's yeah. just a perfect song. I mean, I think it's the song of the record. I mm -hmm. uh, I think. What do you think? I do too. I mean, I, I I say yes, but then I'm like, well, but I love. I, I mean, I, you know, there's so <laughs> many other songs. Part. I mean, River Blue. I mean, there's. I mean, that's the thing that's so great about this record is that every song on the record is meaningful, yep. you know, and has some beauty and, and, and an incredible personality yep. that you want to have a conversation with or you want to be in the room next to or yeah. whatever it is. And uh, to a certain extent, too, every song on this record is that one that, like, if you had one of these songs on one of your records, you'd go, oh, that's the one on this record. And yet the entire record is that. It's yeah. just, it's insane. Yeah, Case of You is, is uh, just, I mean... I could drink a case of you and still be on my feet. I'd still be on my feet. I mean, you know, that is like yummy. Yeah. That is the yummiest thing ever. I mean, that's because that's what, that's, that's what it, I want to be drunk on life. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to, I want to embrace what's here in, in that way. That's, you know, fully taking it in and not holding back, yeah. you know, and yet being upright, you know, being grounded, yeah. being, you know, in tune with, with, uh, with, you know, um, alignment. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, there's the same kind of searching in this song that exists throughout most of the record. Just extraordinary singing that moment you already talked about, but the O Canada when she slides up that octave there, that's just amazing. I mean, this song is just, I could, I could listen to it forever. Oh yeah. 
Me too. And the thing is, I mean, about Joni Mitchell that I love so much, in particular, it's showcased in this record. In this record, um, you know, just the, the the container of a song, you know, it, it, it structures freedom, right? So mm -hmm. you have this container of a song that that you know, in general, we have ideas about what songs need to be, you know, verses and choruses, and you know, and and Joni has this way of, of presenting a song that that has it lifts out of the structure so that i mean you don't there's a freedom right. feeling in the tunes themselves they don't feel confined yeah you know and it, whether it happens with melody or whether it happens with you know <coughs> some chordal shifting that she does yeah. i mean it's it it seems to me very effortless and 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 um very humble right you know in the, in execution you know the way it is just Ah, you know, ah, and, no, and I think there. that's relatively rare for a lot of her work. Maybe her earlier work, you know, like from this record and before it, there was, and maybe even including for the roses, um, there was some of that. You know, a lot of her songs are pretty dissectable in that way. I mean, this song again, I play it as a piano song, and it's really a four chord song. You would never think that listening to the song no. because she doesn't often have four chord songs. Yeah. Her songs, especially as she got into like the hissing of summer lawns and after that, where she kind yeah. of stepped into jazz, you know, and touched on different, all sorts of different stuff. Um, the arrangements, things got more complicated. Basically it's like when she got with the band in court and spark, mm -hmm. she changed directions, not in a better or worse way. Mm -hmm. But, you know, things changed in, in her approach to songwriting and the like verse chorus, verse chorus thing doesn't apply to a lot of her later work, but it still did by this point, mm -hmm. you know, for some of it anyway. Well, and, you know, the lines that she uses to, yeah. you know, sort of pull everything together. I mean, I think, you know, um, I, I'm not using my analytical brain right now but there are songs in this record i know there are maybe you can remind us sure. all which ones those are but where there's no chorus but yeah. the line the, the the title of the song is the line that yeah pulls you in or there's like a i'm thinking a through the track list in my head i don't know um all i want does my old man does yeah. little green does carrie yep. does blue might be the closest i mean she repeats the word blue a lot but that might be the closest California, I'm coming yeah. home. There is a chorus there. This yeah. flight tonight yeah. does. Yeah. River does. They all really have choruses. Maybe maybe the last time I saw Richard doesn't either. Yeah. So the two piano yeah. songs at the end of side one and side two yeah. kind of structurally are different. But yeah. I mean, they might not be that's, huge choruses. Yeah, that's how I think of Joni. I don't know. It, you know, it's it's um as as a development as a songwriter. I think you know one thing that it would be really great to, to take time and, and analyze what mm -hmm. the songs I love actually are doing to make them work. Um, mostly I just take them into my body and, right. and, then, <laughs> and then and then get my instrument out and try and find right. my way. Did you, um, did you go to music school? I did. Okay, see, yep. I, I did too. And you know, it's one of those things where I'm, I'm really grateful for it now, but I don't know if you have the same experience where like, from a technical standpoint, I wasn't really that accomplished when I went in. And so like when I was doing music theory and stuff, I had like the one piano teacher who didn't believe in doing theory, which is what it is at this point. <laughs> but I was in trouble when I went to college because everybody was way ahead of me when I started, you yeah, know. Me too. And um, but now that's the kind of stuff I geek out about. But in certain cases, it hasn't affected a lot of the like folk music that I listen to. There's something about that that like 
is the same before and after, but there are certain like other genres, in particular rock music actually, where it's not as impressive to me anymore because I know what they're doing. I, it's like solving a math problem. The answer is you yeah. can do the math in your head and figure it out and that it kind of makes it less interesting. Blues is like that too, actually. Blues is really fundamental. Yeah. So like if you can find a way to, it, but, it, and then there are times of course when somebody's performance is doing something so different that that will kind of jar me awake again. But like mm -hmm. if it's, kind of standard rock and roll, I don't really have any patience in my life for that anymore. It's got to be something cool. It's got to be something different. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's too easy to figure out what's going on. Yeah. And I think I have a, a sense for that um, without articulating what exactly it is in music um, theory terms, theoretical terms, mm -hmm. even though I have training, I, right. I tend to um, be kind of irritated by that, yeah. by that approach. Right. So do you I, find that you could like replicate something? You wouldn't even necessarily know what it is that you're doing, but you can figure it out. Yeah. Is that what you mean? Oh yeah. 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 And just like, but I, I'm interested in learning more, um, about, about, uh, how to, how to, how to be interested in that more as a writer. Cause I think there's value there yeah. and, and, you know, understanding your craft better. I think I've gotten really where I've gotten just by listening to what's resonating in my heart when I'm writing something and, you know, being really clear about what's truth and what isn't truth and pulling away the stuff that isn't mm -hmm. resonating as truth. And then whatever is like, I kind of call it the shiny object mm -hmm. <laughs> when I'm playing a chord or, you know, playing a combination of chords, if I don't feel alive by them, then I know something needs to shift. And so then it's right. finding a figuring out what, you know, what's alive and what's less bright, you know what I mean? And like yeah. following that. And it, it's, it's much more of a, um, you know, kind of walking from room to room kind of approach yeah. <laughs> to songwriting than, you know, necessarily sitting in one place and using my mind to travel. Um, you know, I feel like I, I'm kind of searching out emotionally, you know, and, and also spatially, um, you know, what the songs that I'm writing, you right. know, it's like, a and trying to be as clear headed as I can be and, you know, open to whatever is I'm, you know, helping me write what I'm writing too. You know, it's like trying to be a channel for, for something. And instead of having it be a math problem and having it be a, you know, but the thing is, um, Bonnie Hayes, who's a, a wonderful songwriter, yeah. a teacher out at Berkeley. Um, I've taken a few classes with her now and I teach every year at the song school in Lyons, Colorado. Yeah. And oh my gosh, I've learned so much from the songwriting instructors there and, and so much of my resistance to structure, to understanding the, the side of music that is technical. I've been so uh, teenager mm. in, my, in my approach to it. Like, you know, maybe it's from music school and all the intensity there, but I was just like, bah humbug, that's, yeah. you know, I, I wanna push that away because I wanna live in the magic, you right. know what I mean? <laughs> but the truth is like, you know, we're, I'm doing both, yeah. you know, don't be fooled, you know, to myself, I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, you're doing both, you're using both, yeah. you know, so it, the more articulate I can get about the technical stuff that I'm doing, the, the more I can really do, you know, and I, I kind of get that too. I just, I, I never wanted to, as a writer, I never wanted to get too carried away in trying to be like what other people were doing, I, because that's such a distraction from just, I'd rather write a three chord thing right. and just say something real. Right, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. And have it mean something. And so that's, I've just been focusing so much of my energy on, you know, is it real? Is it yeah. resonate? Does it move me? 
Well, and period. For me, like when I have a song that lyrically, I always write lyrics first and then add music to it. So part of that too is what your approach is, I'm sure. But like when I have something where I'm like the lyrics are real, are what you're talking about, music, don't get in the way. Do a three chord, do a four chord, keep it simple in a way that's like catchy enough that it's mm -hmm. interesting, but like don't let the music get in the way. When musically it's more intricate, it's sometimes, I don't want to say because the lyrics aren't up to snuff, but like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. there, there's, there's a give and take in that balance where like mm -hmm. musically if I'm doing something, it's if I'm getting complicated with it, there's a reason to it. But I don't know, the people, obviously Joni is like the one who started it all for me, but I think of like the top five people who I listen to the most, Joni, in no particular order, but like Joni, Sean Colvin, Patty Griffin, Lucinda Williams, and Amy Lou Harris, mm. all women actually. Yeah. And uh, what's interesting to me is like all of those, except for Lucinda, who's pretty easy to dissect, but her like writing is just so good that like, yeah. you know, it doesn't have to be it's what we're talking about she doesn't get in the way of herself she's really good about that but the other ones there's just a part of i think the reason that i love those people is i'm always trying to figure out how they're doing it you know they're so good at like it's it's accessible to me but at the same time it's not so easy for me to understand what they're doing that I, i'm always trying to figure it out how does she play it like that yeah you know maybe it's an alternate tuning thing maybe it's physically the way they're playing it maybe it's the way they're singing certain phrases, something, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I hear you. I, I totally, I listen to the records I love and then I try and write, you know, write something that is inspired by that. Like in this, like instead of figuring out how to play that exact song, like figuring out what they do, mm -hmm. you know, it's like for me, if I, if I go down that road of trying to figure it out, I'll just jump off <laughs> that road and start my own road through, yeah. the, through the weeds. <laughs> I don't know. Through the wilderness. You have to be good about like taking your influences and not trying to become your influence. Mary, our good friend, Mary Gaucher, our mutual friend, Mary Gaucher is really upfront about this because she gets the Lucinda comparison a lot. Oh, wow. So. Yeah. She doesn't listen to Lucinda very much because no. she knows that if she does, she'll yeah. be influenced by it and she's already compared to her. So, yeah. you know, you just at a certain point have to like stay on your own path. Yeah. You're smarter than I am to do that. I, I still like there's a part of me that has to know these things. It's like solving a puzzle. Well, it's a different kind of brain, too. I mean, you know, I think um, in a different history, a different gift, set, set yeah. of gifts. I mean, honestly, I admire, you know, the excitement around what's technically going on, what's going on behind the curtain, you know, because mm -hmm. I think, gosh, you know, um, my uh, com composition instructor who I really love, Peter Hamlin, who was at St. Olaf and now I think he's out. Um, you know, in Vermont, um, teaching, but you know, one of the things he taught me that I have in my mind and I, so it's helping me, um, just expand what I'm, you know, just to continually be a student and learn yeah. um, my craft. But this idea that, that, that as much as you know, think of it as a, as, as a circle and then, you know, expand the circle out. And that is the, you know, I intuitive kind of abilities you right. have. But if you expand the circle of knowledge, then you have even bigger, um, uh, opportunity to kind of go outside of you know on the on the edge yeah. and kind of feel your way around you know you have more access and so it's more expansive and so I'm like okay between Bonnie and and you know Peter back in the day you yeah. know just thinking about oh Bonnie the thing that she that she um, besides being amazing and and so articulate in music that she, you know it's conversational um, but but just really talking about how we use both sides of our brain when we're writing music left and right side you know and I've always thought of myself is just like you know uh, an emotional like painterly writer mm -hmm. like where I go into this right brain kind of way 
or is it left brain? I don't know. It's one of the, whichever <laughs> brain of it is that that's the creative side. I think that's left. Left left brain is a creative know. side, I and right brain is the upright. Yeah. So left side. You know, I kind of imagine myself going into the creative side of my brain and kind of not thinking about structure other than you know um, verse and chorus or a bridge. Right. Does it need a bridge? But otherwise, and and also thinking about you know, I mean, but this is Bonnie sayings like, oh yeah, you're always using you know both sides of your brain because I and I am. I'm right. constantly you know ch- changing out words, trying to find the word that you know not only feels good in my mouth not only rises if it needs to rise or falls if it needs to fall or you know is doing melodically what it needs to do against the chords I'm making but also you know I'm I'm thinking about like you know uh, I'm, I'm kind of in a way using both sides of my brain to kind of pull apart and put back together you know um, puzzling out how right. this song is going to be as I'm writing it um, you know and and <laughs> it's like there is a, 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 a mystical part of my, of my writing that, you know, is very resistant to, mm-hmm. you know, figuring out the, the puzzle. Because I really love the idea that we are in touch with something greater than ourselves when we're writing at our best. We're, we're, we're in communion with, with that thing that, you know, is holy. And, and, and that's what I want. Chasing that muse, right? It, well, yeah. Yeah, chasing that muse and chasing that, um, that spark. Yeah. Yeah. Is this the Bonnie Hayes who's wrote, who's written a bunch of hits for Bonnie Raitt? Yep. Yep. She's a good writer. Yeah, she's an amazing person. She's really, she's a, a fantastic writer, and and she's just really articulate about the craft of songwriting. Um, and I just I think of her as one of my mentors now. That's that great. you know, just really inspiring me to learn um, more about what I'm doing and why it works, and yeah. then learn more about what I want to do and kind of challenge myself, you know, to to think about things in a different way because I've made nine records right you yeah. know and and I I do think that, you know I, I don't know it all <laughs> as a matter of fact like you know I don't have to know it all right um, but there's that's how I feel too. more to know when when yeah. we get to that point where we know it all we may as well not keep pursuing you know what's the incentive to keep going when you know it all just to keep proving you know it. I don't know, you know. Yeah. When we know, I think that I think it's the pursuit of whatever else we don't yet know is kind of what keeps us, you know, yeah. going. For me too, I'm realizing as you as we're talking about this too that like part of the analytical side has come up since I do this daily YouTube thing where mm-hmm. I'm doing a song every day. I've done a song for fifteen hundred some days at this point. I write as often as I can, but most of those songs are cover songs. So I'm learning a song every day. You yeah, know what I mean? Awesome. It, it has been helpful, but it also it piques my curiosity now because when I do find those songs where it's you know there's something new going on, I want to know why and yeah. what makes that song work in that yep. way. But you know we we approach it as songwriters. You know there those songs are rare. Although there are, there are a few people who are really good at like having multiples of those but you know oftentimes if you kind of like i'm in the habit right now of doing full records so i'll do like a whole bob dylan record mm-hmm. and a lot of the songs are kind of standard you know easy to understand i get what you're doing i may not be able to replicate it in the same way that he did but i can find a, a path into this song mm-hmm. but there might be one or two songs in there where you go hmm this one is is a harder road to figure out how how i'm gonna access this song how i'm gonna get into this song find my voice within this song instead mm-hmm. of just duplicating because I'm not interested in duplicating I want to bring something new to a song otherwise why cover it but you know it's it's harder too but there are some writers who are pretty good at like 
have more of those songs is what I'm saying, where it's it's harder to find the access. Yeah. There are also people who are just so distinctive that they're hard to cover. Annie Lennox is one of those people. I love mm -hmm. Annie Lennox. It's really hard to do an Annie Lennox cover because her versions are just so striking and so unique that, you know, and there are other people too. Stevie Nicks is like that. Mm -hmm. um, there are other people too, but yeah, people with distinct voices maybe is what it comes down to. Anyway, we got off on another wonderful tangent there, but we've got one more yes. to go. Let's end with Last Time I Saw Richard. Another of my favorites. It's uh, I think the last two on the record are my favorite, actually, out yeah. of these two songs. Which So this record, I know I've, again, talked to other people about this idea, but a lot of other artists and even some of Joni's work, I can divide it in my head of like, oh, these are my top three favorite songs, these are my least favorite three songs on the record, and mm -hmm. the rest is in the middle. I have a really hard time with that. I might be just saying these are my two favorites because they're the most recent two <laughs> we've been talking about. You know what I mean? They're, yeah. Um, but just perfect songs. Yeah. Perfect songs. The last time I saw Richard as a writer just floors me. It's such a, I don't know. I don't know how to write a song like this. Yeah, you know, I, I love it because it's so conversational. Yeah. I mean, she's doing that through the whole record. Um, but I, I really love um, the conversational nature of it and how it's, it, she steps out of the form of song to me. Yeah. You know, it's like she's so, we're so there with her, you yeah. know. And um, I love uh, the, the, that conversation where she's talking to him and he's saying all romantics yeah. meet the same fate. You know, um, someday cynical and drunk and buying some someone and uh, boring someone in, in some a dark, cafe, some yeah. small dark cafe, and that that idea of you know that you know you're not immune right. to that. <laughs> you're not immune. Yeah. You know, you're not better than that, even yeah. though you might like to think so. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think it's she puts us in to the character of Richard. She puts the audience. Yeah. We play this character of Richard. But what's also interesting is she also tells us what we say. Yeah. It's like being prompted if you're in a in a play. Yeah. Yeah. It's fascinating. Well, and we love Richard. Yeah. And so it's wonderful to be him in the in the song. It's like it's like a way for us to see the ref I mean, you know, it's it's a gift. Yeah. That she's giving the audience yeah. you know, thinking of it that way. I have, I didn't think of it that way before you said that, but it's so true. It's like, uh, yeah, as an audience, uh, you know, you do feel like you're well, I, I, like in tune with wisdom yeah. <laughs> a little more, maybe because we're playing that character Yeah, that's old and wise. <laughs> yeah, she tells us things that we uh, don't know, but because we're playing the character, we feel like, oh yeah, I did know that. But the other thing that's interesting to me about that one is, um, she tell we know what happens to Richard. Richard got married to a figure skater. He bought her a dishwasher and a coffee percolator. <laughs> but we don't know what happens to Joni. Yeah. That part of this story continues. Yeah. And it's very interesting to me that she can fast forward that many years, however many years, and tell us the end. I mean, not the end, but you know what I mean. Like, we know yeah. what happens to Richard. And uh, so there's some, like, distance there. From this conversation to where he ended up, there's a, there's a period of time in between those two things. And uh, we don't know what that period of time is, but for one of us in the character we've chosen, or are given, I guess, uh, we know what happens to us, and we don't know what happens to Joni. And so again, the kind of like moving on to the next record, it kind of continues that, and she's still figuring it out, but. Yeah. I don't know. That, I, I love that too. <laughs> it's like that. that is fantastic. Uh, you know, su summary or, or um, you know, 
footnote yeah into that into that tune it's true i i just love i just love um the the idea of you know your eyes being full of moon mm-hmm. you know <laughs> moons and like you know just this idea of youthful um you know and smitten yeah. smitten with something probably somebody but maybe yeah. not somebody maybe yeah. something smitten with something and he's calling her out and saying stop being so you know flippant about it you know yeah. stop stop being playing the cynical hard-edged person you are you're smitten too you're yeah. you're in love you're like you know you're trying to put these things down but you feel them too yeah it's like she's giving herself a little bit of a um a, a talking to yeah <laughs> totally yeah. okay so i know i have to let you go because you have to pick up your daughter yeah. but really quickly yeah. can you do your Joni top five i'll even help because okay, you said great. blue was your personal favorite yeah. you already referenced hajira and court and spar yeah those be up there yeah absolutely what else is up there um do you want the list yeah miles of isles of course i love that one because live um love that that one um yeah um gosh let's see which one well, both sides now. Yeah. Okay. I the love the, orca- both sides the now. orchestra one. Yeah. Oh, God, I love that one. Um, let's see. Um, she did two of those actually. She did Travelogue too, which was all of her songs with orchestra. Yeah. No, I didn't. I, I both sides now is the one that. Um, let's see here. Um, Ladies of the Canyon. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good list. Yeah. Well, thank you so well, much. Well, For the Roses is also really good. I know. That, that one's on mine. <laughs> yeah, so for I mean, I don't know. Ladies sure of the Canyon mine. and For the Roses. I don't know. But yeah. Ladies of the Canyon. Thank you so much so for I've doing to this. More. Oh my gosh, I you're so welcome. I appreciate it. This was fun. Ah, thank you. Um, yeah, I hope we get to see each other soon. It sometimes is a long time. I haven't seen you since that show we did, which wasn't that long. That was like last year, I think. Yeah, it feels like forever ago. I so No, I saw you happened. this summer. I saw you okay. play this summer okay. at, down in St. Peter. But. Um, yeah, anyway, well, always oh, good to see you. Always good you. to chat. Thank right. you for having me over. Likewise. We'll see you again next time, everybody. Sounds good. cannot fade call a green for the children who've made a little green be a gypsy dancer he went to California he Everything's warmer there So you write him a letter and say Her eyes are blue He sends you a poem And she's lost to you Little grave He's a non-conforming Just a little grave Like the color when the spring is born 
There'll be crocuses bring to school tomorrow. Just a little gray like the nights when the northern lights before. There'll be icicles and birthday clothes, and sometimes they'll be so. Child with a child pretending Weary of lies you are sending home So you sign all the papers in the family name You're sad and you're sorry But you're not ashamed a little gray have a happy ending Just a little green Like the color when the spring is born There'll be crocuses To bring to school tomorrow Just a little green Like the nights when the northern There'll be icicles and birthday poems, and sometimes it's all.